Welcome to Play, Learn, Teach. We bring early childhood educators together to ask questions about raising children in these challenging times. This episode has been sponsored by OLA. Our Certificate 3 and Diploma courses teach early childhood through the head, heart and hand. If you want to sing, dance and craft every day, talk to us about careers in early childhood education. Welcome everybody to today's episode of the Play, Learn, Teach podcast. Um, Today, this is the final episode of our four-part series where we're reflecting on being, belonging and becoming and we were using the adult framework of head, heart and hand to try and explore these topics in more detail. Uh, Today we're taking a a dive into this concept of belonging in early childhood which can very much be described through the adult lens of heart and, and connection. If you're tuning in via Apple or Spotify, please visit our site, igniteminds.com.au slash podcasts, where you'll find additional commentary and links and resources. And please scroll to the bottom and ask your question and tell us your thoughts, because we love hearing from you. So I thought I might start with what a secret has to say about belonging. To experience belonging, or to know where and whom you belong, is integral to human experience. Children belong first to a family, a cultural group, a neighbourhood and a wider community. Belonging acknowledges children's interdependence with others and the basis of relationships in defining identities. In early childhood and throughout life, relationships are crucial to a sense of belonging. Belonging is central to being and becoming in that it shapes who children are and who they will become in the future. You know, I feel like I belong in Ignite Minds because I have found my people. This is important to me and it's important to who I am. So I thought just I'd open the conversation up to you, Carol. Uh, You run an organization and a company called Heart Spaces. So belonging is obviously very important to you. And yeah, tell us a little bit about um, how this uh, relates to early childhood. Uh, Yeah, it's an absolutely favorite topic for me. I love the... African saying it takes a whole village to raise a child. I think that's exactly what it means. Um, Most of my work around early childhood, whether it be in child rights or working with early childhood settings or changing legislation in South Africa around early childhood was about developing partnerships. Um, It was really recognized by all uh, who worked in the sector that if the departments of health, education, arts, culture, social services didn't get together and work out how we would link and collaborate and overlap, the children wouldn't be safe and wouldn't be cared for and wouldn't be nourished and the families wouldn't be safe and cared for and nourished. So partnership around the children is absolutely vital and that's the village. And you can't fake partnership, by the way. So you really have to get to know each other. And often what I would do, in I used to have really big meetings with officials gathered around and they were all representing their different departments. And my first question would be, can you remember how you felt or how you felt best as a little child? Can you remember that time where you felt that the whole world was a wonderful and good place? And share in pairs. And that officious kind of experience 
of sitting in that meeting with maybe 40 or 50 people would suddenly change and people would be laughing and some would be crying and sharing their hearts with each other. And then when I just asked for feedback afterwards, just share a couple of experiences, um, they would be really talking from their hearts. And we could then get on with the notion of what do we do together so that we can support all the children in our country. And um, yeah, I think I was truly connected then to the notion of heart spaces, that uh, we really need to find a way to uh, empathy in our hearts for each other, no matter how different and how different your political, religious, spiritual views are, that if we can't find a way to um, really take an interest in each other and care about each other, the children are going to be left out. Um, so that's really my feeling, is that it's a really big picture. It's a really, really big picture. Yes, it is. Absolutely. Uh, this picture tells um, so many small stories. And, and at the core of it, you know, relationships are the heart of, of how we belong. And as you say, you can't fake it. You know, relationships to children, relationships to carers and to families and to siblings and to support workers and, and all of this... Um, this interacting which is happening in children's lives these days. Um, I thought I'd just open this up to you, uh, Jake, Is um, and if you could just tell us a little bit about how how you approach um, belonging. Yeah, th thanks, Uj. This week um, I have been observing this uh, the relationships of children in care at the moment. Uh, the children are really, really loving being together and uh, playing pretty much all day. Um, I, as an educator, I do off, I do a program, you know, where we uh, do a song uh, circle time, where we create that heart connection together, as we spoke about in a previous episode. And uh, there are activities, you know, craft activities and, um, and, and games that we play. But, but I was observing this week that most of the time, my, my engagement is kind of interfering with uh, the children's play and their, that form of connection that they're creating throughout the day. And so I, I noticed that it was about an 80-20 rule. So 80% of the day, the children just want to play and be together and um, and interact and move through games together. And 20% of the time was was me providing some sort of um, activity or circle or, or, or food or, or engagement. But yeah, it's a significant amount of time in the day that the children just wanted to uh, be together and play and it reminded me of um, my school days and uh, and just waiting for the bell to ring you know you're in class you're just waiting for the bell to ring you're not really you know paying it I wasn't really ever paying much attention especially in primary school as soon as the bell rang we were out we, we raced out into the yard we were playing our games and we play intensely until that bell rung again to bring us back in and uh, we all craved for more of that time. And uh, some of the best memories are actually staying back after school, you know, after 3.30 to play till 5, 5 p.m., you know, in the school grounds. And lots of children still do that. And there are studies about uh, the, the amount of um, playtime that's allowed in schools um, it results in, uh, in better educational outcomes because of this the magic of this interaction and the relationships that children um, develop and the learning that happens uh, whilst they're engaging with each other. Thank you, Jake. Um, so much of what I hear you saying is really about supporting the children's relationships here and now while they're in 
in your education service and just acknowledging the role that the relationship has in their play and how they how they inter interrelating and and how that enables them to really um, play out uh, the learning that's happening. This episode has been sponsored by dragonflytoys.com.au. Play experiences that are beautiful, enchanting, strong and safe, environmentally friendly and fairly traded. I like the metaphor of this constant living play where um, sometimes an educator is, is the script writer where you step in and you help a child find the words that they need to join the play or at other times you're a set designer you look at the props and you you rearrange the environment so that there's enough um, physical stimulus for for the play to take take place or you know at sometimes you step back and you become an audience and then and other times you're called to step in again and and you um, take on the role of co-actor to really support somebody develop their character and to to interrelate um, in a way on their terms and so what I'm hearing is in your environment you're really supporting that that play for the children and and with your 80 20 rule you're trying to find that balance with how do you step back and and allow it to happen I would like to circle back to this because I think what Carol's opened with is this idea of of, of relationships and this village. And um, particularly now with all this COVID stuff, I think the, the village relationships are strained to a degree and we're having to learn how to relate uh, with different technology, on different terms, understanding that people have got competing agendas and priorities. So this village is still there and it's still beautiful and people are still pulling it together. Um, and these relationships matter more than they ever did right now. So I just wanted to ask you, Carol, and then maybe we'll circle back to, to the relationships in care, but um, what are some strategies we can really use to um, really support the relationships that we're building and this village that we're creating around children at the moment? Yes, very challenging. And I always, uh, I'm very excited by challenges, even though they can be daunting. Um, because it seems to point to something that needs to be learned or developed more uh, of or to practice more of. So I think what you're saying is absolutely right. The village is being strained and our ways of relating to each other are having to take uh, different directions uh, to maintain that connection. Um, I was thinking that, and you used another word that uh, kind of lit a light for me, competing. Um, I think that uh, competition, at best, is something that helps me get better at what I'm doing. But at worst, and for most part, it actually pits me up against somebody else. And uh, something I've learned so much being in the Steiner movement um, since I was in my 20s, my middle 20s, was uh, how the, um, the skills of the educators helped children collaborate with each other rather than compete with each other. So in Steiner schools, there isn't a lot of competition or a lot of attention paid to it. There's much more attention paid to collaboration. And I think one of the key things is comparing, comparing children with each other or comparing children against standards. And I think the, the best idea is to compare children's effort 
to where they were before. So comparing children with their own efforts and um, the notion that we're there as a little community, we all have different skills and gifts. How do we help each other in our process of learning? We're all learning. That's what we're doing. And I have found that that's a key thing is, is to compete or see who's the best or who gets the best number. This really uh, drives a wedge between children and, drive, and alienates children from each other. Uh, and a lot of people that I work with, adults in their 40s, 50s, are still harmed by this practice. So how to get over that uh, now is quite a problem for them. Um, so it's really about, uh, Johnny, you really are so, uh, you do maths so easily. Could you help Alice with maths because she's struggling a bit? And Alice, you know how to draw a dog and I saw Johnny trying to draw a dog the other day. Can you give him a hand at what you notice about a dog that helps you draw it? Um, so this whole notion about, oh, I've got something to offer the group and the group has got something to offer me. I suppose I would just say the notion of Ubuntu, it's an African philosophy, it's all over Africa. It's the philosophy, it's the spirituality, it's underneath everything that's uh, precious in African culture. Ubuntu means I am who I am because of you. I am who I am because of the community and the community is who it is because of me. Uh, we are inextricably bound and we need to find ways to notice what drives a wedge between us and really consciously work at overcoming it and practicing how to be together as, as kindly supportive human beings. I love that notion of Ubuntu and certainly at a, at a scheme level, we have to practice it every day as parents are pitted against each other and uh, competing for stimulus and JobKeeper and for survival. You know, it's a real battle at the moment mm, yes. to have that practice of Ubuntu. And yes, I'm here and I'm listening and you've got something to teach me. But also, if you listen, you'll understand where I'm coming from too. And yes, it does. It is really important now more than ever to, to bring the village closer and to open our ears and to be present. With this idea of Ubuntu, um, I love this connection with, um, you know, the village and our responsibility to caring for the village and taking note of where other people are coming from and their feelings. And obviously, if we can do that as carers for the families, then that's going to flow through into the day with the children. Is, is that your take on things, Jake? Like we're, we've been talking about, the, this connection has been quite strained within our, our villages with the distancing that we've been experiencing. And it's really noticeable how value how valuable um, that this heart connection is. I think that's what's come out of this is how much we really need it. Uh, you know, we, we only know something once it's been taken away. And maintaining this, uh, this connection, this heart connection uh, with, the, with the parents in, in my service has, has been quite uh, difficult because everyone is under pressure and, and stress. And, uh, and there's usually, usually in my service, there's a time when the parents come into the house and there's an in interaction, you know, just a, a, a little interaction. Oh, the weather's going to be like this. Uh, the 
the, I've packed the, you know, gumboots and a jacket in the bag. And, and the parents would come into the house and we'd have a little talk. How was the weekend? What did you do? These little, little things that happen, you know, almost repetitively, the same sort of questions. But we're creating this heart connection and we feel connected before uh, moving on with the day. You know, that's what we're establishing in those moments. And since the, the, this distancing has come up uh, at the moment, parents are dropping children off at the door and not coming into the house. And so the, the time allowed for that uh, connection to establish is limited and the engagement is often still strained. There's, there's you know, uh, the parents might convey their anxieties or worries rather than uh, creating a um, connection with me before I take the children into care. And it's, it's quite, it has been a a significant challenge to still maintain that um, that connection. Um, so I, we've tr been trying to maintain that same sort of trivial uh, in engagement at the front door, you know, asking how the weekend was, um, what did you do, and uh, how have you been, and uh, trying to steer uh, steer away from anxieties and, and stresses into into more of a heart connection before um, taking the children into care. Um, with the children themselves, it's, it's quite easy to uh, develop and create that connection because... Um, because we do our circle in the morning, you know, the, the children come in, their friends are there, and we create a circle. And this is, uh, it's so interesting to see how important that is. Um, and I get a lot of strength out of it because we're in the circle together. We're all sitting there and we have our moment and we're all singing together. So we're breathing together and you can start to feel that connection build up and then we start moving. And so we're, we're really forming that uh, deep connection. Um, and my hope is that as when the children go home, then they take some of those stories to their parents. And in a way, that connection is uh, distributed back into the, into the family life. And that by that way, we can maintain the connection. So my goal is through that sh a strong connection with the children, I can maintain a deep connection with the families. But it is a challenge at the moment. Yes, so much of um, what's happening in the moment, uh, is, there's so many layers to it. And I guess I can speak from, from at a service level, when parents are ringing up, they're often armed with a problem and they're either frustrated because they've been searching and scouring the internet trying to find the answer, or they've got an answer which they are feeling fairly confident with, but they can't make it fit. And so the world's not quite conforming to their expectations. And it's so important just to, to listen and hear them out and say, you know what, it's really difficult, I understand, and I'm going to do my best. We're here to help. Um, I can't make any promises. There's just too many unknowns. But, um, you know, I'm here. I'm in it with you. Uh, this is our village. You know, so much of um, the government messaging has been, you know, we are all in this together. And I think people really do appreciate that. But uh, it can take a moment of just, you know, stepping out of that. And, um, you know, there is... Uh, a lot of studies which look at the relationship between, say, rationality and stress. And we know that when, when people are stressed or, or when there's conflict, you know, to try and rationalize them out of that place is just not going to work. So really making that heart connection, engaging in conversation, um, having a genuine interest in, in how they are and where they're at, where they're at even if it's painful, uh, is so important to, to building these bridges 
And yeah, this, this does have an impact on, on how we feel about um, whether we admit it to ourselves or not. We feel, you know, that our connection to families um, changes our connection to children as well. And I think it, it's a really important practice for us to just to be mindful of that and to, you know, find a way of, of, um, of, of integrating that into our service. Yeah, um, Uja, I'd just like to add something. I think... I think things are particularly strained and so I've noticed even the last week uh, things are cracking at the edges between people and people seem to be fractious and uh, more understanding and compassion is needed at times like that uh, when we're all edgy and just recognizing that we just need an extra hand. We're not being able to share physical hands but we've got to actually share uh, our imaginative hand. We have to do more of that. We have to give each other imaginative hugs and hold each other close. Uh, more work, more practice is, is being needed here uh, to really recognize we are in this together. We have to practice being in it together. Yeah, uh, I've, I've got a little practice that uh, people can do and I've been trying to maintain throughout this time. It really it really does help. Um, there has actually been a lot of science about the heart and brain connection. And uh, when you add the magic ingredient of gratitude, and this has been written about for, you know, for, for centuries, the, this magic ingredient of gratitude really brings the heart and brain connection back into coherence, into, into sync. And then when you are moving through your day with an attitude of gratitude, that your thought processes will be guided by your heart uh, space. And so uh, people can practice gratitude in, in a lot of ways. Uh, for me, I, I do a little uh, breathing practice at nighttime and then a short meditation where I'm grateful for all the people in my life and, and, and you sort of extend out from, from the micro to the, to the macro, including, including the Australian government. You know, I'm very grateful for their help and, and, and the world leaders, you know. And, uh, and, or you could uh, do a diary, a gratitude diary or journal. A lot of people do this one where you write down the things that you're grateful for. Oh, and you can uh, and you can start your day off by um, a, a practice. This is actually a Boonwarung practice. Uh, uh, the traditional people of the area we live, where they're, they're grateful for the land and they're grateful for the water and they're grateful for the sky and grateful for the sun. And these things, they're just these simple little things that we can be grateful for, uh, put everything into perspective um, and guide our thought processes and our interactions with people uh, throughout the day. This episode has been sponsored by Ignite Minds. We teach play-based learning from within our nourishing homes under the family daycare umbrella. Inspired educators join our team. This podcast was produced by The Jones Collective, thejonescollective.com.au. Chat to us today about your podcast.